0: Hi, good afternoon, and welcome to CIO Leadership Live. I'm your host, Mary Fran Johnson, CEO of Mary Fran Johnson Media. Twice a month, we produce CIO Leadership Live with the generous support of my friends at CIO.com and the CIO Executive Council. We're streaming to you live right now on LinkedIn and on CIO's YouTube channel. And because we are live right now and you are watching, we welcome you to Tap in with your own questions for my guest today, which I'm very will be watching for those questions and doing our best to pass them right along to our special guest today, who is Feroz Mercia. He is the CIO of Glendale, Arizona, where Super Bowl 57 happens to be happening this Sunday at State Farm Stadium. Glendale is a mid-sized city with a population of about a quarter million, located about nine miles northwest of downtown Phoenix. It's already well-known among football fans as the hometown of the Arizona Cardinals, but the city's also made its mark as a real veteran Super Bowl host city. This year's Super Bowl, this Sunday's Super Bowl, will be the third time that Glendale has played host, the other two times being in 2008 and 2015. Feroz took on the dual role of CIO and CSO for Glendale in the summer of 2020. He brought with him 20 plus years of broad expertise as a C suite executive, an IT leader, and a tech entrepreneur across multiple industries from software and cloud computing to financial services and insurance, government, higher ed, and healthcare. And beyond his day job as Glendale's CIO and CSO, he also serves as the CTO of a stealth-mode startup in the IT space. Before his current multiple roles, Faroz served as the CTO of the California Insurance Guarantee Association, CIGA. And before that, he was an assistant vice president of IT at LPL Financial right before the company took itself public. Thank you so much for being with me today, Faroz. How are you?
1: I am doing well, and thank you for having me.
0: I am so impressed. You seem so calm with all you have going on around you these days.
1: (laughs) I am fortunate to have a very good team supporting me.
0: Yes, yes. And I know we're going to be talking a lot about that team and all the things you've been accomplishing. Now, any big picture view of what the city's business and its role, uh, in the role that technology plays today, pretty much has to start with that supersized topic of the Super Bowl. So let's go there first and tell me how has this year's role for the IT operation in Glendale, being at the center of this mega sports event, how has the role that IT played, uh, plays now grown and changed from what you've heard about those previous hosts? Years, It's been a bit of a different game for IT.
1: <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so from the role perspective, mm-hmm. it is very different from uh, past years. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because well, the role of technology in our lives has changed. Uh, mm-hmm. The way we use technology in 2008 is dramatically different from the way we use it today. Mm-hmm. So that is one factor. Um, similarly, the fan and audience expectation of the kind of experience they are looking for mm-hmm. a, in a mega event like this has changed considerably. Um, from a city perspective, from our um, role as a innovation and technology team within the city of Glendale, uh, in past years, uh, it was behind the scenes. Um, work that we did. Um, This year, we did that behind the scene work, but we were much more front and center in terms of how to strategize, how to plan, how to execute and provide timely upfront input. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is because use of technology is very different. Yes, And we wanted to make sure that uh, we provide the value and the right input at the right time. So Mm -hmm. we led um, some of those planning activities, those sessions um, as a leader, bringing other disciplines and other areas of the city and other partner agencies together to plan for it and then develop a comprehensive execution uh, plan. Uh, I'll give you an example of um, how we approach that. Uh, Within, uh, the, uh, the planning activity of Super Bowl there are regional partners there are national partners who are involved mm-hmm. um, we were part of a, a cybersecurity uh, planning group mm-hmm. and we this year uh, we were the host we invited about 128 or so participants to come and uh, go through a tabletop exercise so uh from a city perspective all our public safety all our utility transportation everybody was at the table wow uh, we led the session with the help of uh, dhs and cisa uh, nfl was part of it fbi mm-hmm. military all the relevant parties who were supporting this mega event were part of that exercise and we successfully did that and we are part of that activity and until we deliver this uh, event successfully. Yeah. Give our fans an experience to remember. Yes. Um, that's the goal.
0: Well, and that's, those are not, the fans are not the only um, visitors to Glendale that you're taking care of right now. You mentioned that you've got another another whole uh, crowd of people that are here for another event. Talk about that a little bit.
1: Yes. So, so as I said, this is a regional event um, um, sort of effort. Um, So uh, entire region right now is uh, hosting two mega events. Super Bowl is one. um, Waste Management Classic, which is the major PGA event that happens. It's literally from a date perspective is coinciding with uh, the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. The final day of that event is on the 12th, started on the 9th. So if you think about it, you have in this entire region, million plus fans coming in. So influx of uh, that much of a fan base coming in, the expectations Mm -hmm. are high. Um, And it's just, um, it's a very different experience that um, you have to plan for and you really have to exercise all your um, technical managerial leadership faculties to come up with, a, a plan that will make sure that everything goes well, everything um, is mm-hmm. executed in a timely fashion. Mm-hmm. And all these fans, it doesn't yeah. matter which game they are coming to attend and see and experience, or they are just experiencing the, the environment that they are in yeah. um, is flawless. And well, that's you, kind of where.
0: And you had made the point when we spoke earlier that uh, in our digitally interconnected environments, pretty much everywhere now, there is, everything is connected. The traffic systems, the technologies, the edge computing, all the sensors, this is, so you're set up to essentially handle this anyway for your own city, but this is just a much broader lens on it.
1: Right, mm. and if, if there was ever a need to Prove that that the physical and digital world are literally coming together. Mm-hmm. Um, the edge computing and its use and all that um, tabletop was if 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 you if you were there you would see that every time we experienced a scenario that we wanted to. Um, uh, Play out and see how it would manifest itself and how mm-hmm. we would uh, address a situation like that. Either it started on the physical side, and ended up on the digital side, or started on the digital side, and ended up on the physical side. Yeah. Um, so it just tells you that the world is dramatically cha- sure. changing in terms of the use of technology and how we think and how we approach um the implementation of technology mm-hmm. in especially in the context of a city
0: yeah they well just... and i was wondering that too when you speak of tabletop exercises i'm used to hearing those talked about in terms of cybersecurity type scenarios but this table these tabletop exercises were, had a much broader view about various that it's basically recovery scenarios things, something goes wrong and here's how we respond to it
1: Right, mm-hmm. and and not, not everything may happen in in terms of a um, cybersecurity issue. Right. Um, right, They may happen because uh, s- somebody uh, incorrectly parked the car and and knocked off the hydrant. And all right. these things are <laughs> with sensors. Now you have sensors going on. So yep. um, so yes, you have an alert on your uh, system saying that there's a fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wire hydrant that got damaged in yeah. the process. It has implications. So over traffic light, or yes. street light, or yep. anything.
0: Well, so. and the, the smarter and more connected cities become, the more everything yeah. is essentially passing between the physical world and the digital world. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, one of the things you'd mentioned that your department did, you developed an app for the EMS workers, the emergency medical service professionals for the city. Um, Talk about that a little bit. Yes.
1: So um, what we did as part of our planning was um, pre-event planning. Mm -hmm. And the way pre-event planning was done in the past was that uh, uh, our fire safety officers, they would go visit the location, uh, identify things of concern, identify where, what needs to be remediated. Mm -hmm. It was more of a uh, paper-based process because they had their worksheet that would go through, they check everything and and, and report it back. What we now uh, have done as part of, um, it's more of a future strategy, but we are using it here in the context of Super Bowl Mm -hmm. uh, because it's such a huge event and it requires that kind of uh, technology assistance. Mm -hmm. Um, Now they have an app on their cell phone and they can literally go and locate uh, those sites and do their pre-event planning mm-hmm. um, uh, information gathering that they need to do. But they're doing it on a on an app. The data is directly going into the database. It's available instantaneously from planning mm-hmm. purposes. You can, it because it is leveraging GIS technology now. You have the location information very precise and accurate. So. I collected the information, somebody else can use that information and get to the location they need to be in order Mm -hmm. to remediate the situation.
0: And um, when I'd asked you, when we spoke earlier, I asked you what was surprising to you about being part of the center of this hurricane of activity around Mm -hmm. the Super Bowl, And you said you were anticipating that there'd be a lot of complexity. And as a CIO, you've dealt with complexity for your whole career but that there was a big surprise that the experience was so collaborative and positive.
1: Yes, yes. That indeed. sounds, um, mm-hmm. and yeah.
0: you're not just saying that. They were, every, everybody well, well, got along. <laughs> everybody,
1: mm-hmm. uh, uh, I, I, I don't wanna jinx it, but. Uh, <laughs>
0: that's true, that's true. It, we have to go yeah. till Sunday. <laughs> yeah,
1: ex- exactly. But when, when you are dealing with, professionals who are at the top of their game Mm -hmm. and they know what they need to bring to the table to make things successful. Um, It's it's a very exciting experience. Um, And I was pleasantly surprised Mm -hmm. how easy and effortless it was in terms of having those conversation interaction and, and everybody coming to the table with the idea that they would do their best to mm-hmm. make this thing successful. Yeah. Now there there are elements of it that that are highly planned, choreographed, and they look simple, but tremendous amount of complexity mm-hmm. is hidden behind these experts who have done this work over and over. So if you yes. look at NFL, if you look at other media partners, mm-hmm. they do it every year so they have yep. a playbook that has been tested over and over yeah um, and it makes things easier yeah um, there are other other technical complexities that we have to account for but still mm-hmm. it's a huge help when you're not starting from scratch and you have partners who come to the table with their expertise and their recommendation that are not pie in the sky, but actually mm-hmm. field tested expertise yep. that can be deployed easily. Um, so that was kind of surprising.
0: Yes. Well, now last year, the Super Bowl was in LA. So you were essentially Glendale, Arizona was going up against some pretty stiff big city competition in terms of handling this. Did that make you feel more anxious about dealing with it?
1: Y- yes. My <laughs> my <mom laughs> yes, she, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so um, I, I have a sort of a partner in crime, uh, uh, D- Daniel, he's uh, part of our economic development and he and I, we collaborate and uh, mm-hmm. we talk to various uh, technology companies and uh, industry bodies to talk about technology and, and the footprint of technology overall in the city of Glendale and how we mm-hmm. position ourselves as a uh, forward-looking city Embracing technology, mm-hmm. so I said we have a big challenge. This was early in the um, uh, uh, early last year. I said we have to out Hollywood, Hollywood, <laughs> in terms of uh, we. So mm-hmm. so we have to think about different things. And he is um, um, in, in the process of um, making an effort. And we have some events that are on the sidelines of Super Bowl uh, around esports. Um, mm-hmm. Because um, our our next generation is more into it, and it's, it 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 is an area that is growing tremendously. Yes. So um, we're doing some work in that area. There, there's a conference and event taking place.
0: Okay. Um, well, uh, so I guess yeah, that,
1: that, that's our way of distinguishing ourselves from.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, and I guess by next Monday we'll know if you pulled it off, if you out Hollywooded Hollywood. <laughs> So tell me, let's talk next about the size and the scope of your technology team today and how you have structured it, the kind of things that you have changed since you got there in the, we were still pretty deep in the pandemic when you arrived in 2020. And so it's almost three years now. What have you changed to make sure that the technology operation is delivering the value it needs to?
1: It, yes mm. <laughs> so my um d- just to kind of give you um the perspective on uh, the size of my team yes. so um if I look at my um my FTEs and my uh, consulting partners who kind of um, formed the core team were about uh, I would say about approximately 100 depending on Mm -hmm. what kind of project we are undertaking and the team may grow Mm -hmm. or shrink based on uh, what's going on Um, so that's the general size of the team when when I came um, to uh, Glendale uh, we were in still in the middle of pandemic Mm-hmm. So, the biggest realization that everybody had, uh, whether you are a technologist or a business uh, leader, that our world has changed. Uh, we're mm-hmm. no longer bound by location in order to conduct our business. Right. right. So, um, we need to make sure that uh, we're able to conduct our business as effectively, as efficiently as possible, um, no matter where we are located. So, that mm-hmm. was the first thing to make sure that we were able to deliver on that expectation and need, which that was the need of the hour at the time.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and that work was already underway when I joined and we just kind of uh, took it forward and how it manifests itself going forward. Um, I'll give you a simple example. Mm-hmm. Um, moving away from desktop, unless it is needed for somebody for a special use, uh, we would provision it, but. Entire workforce is going to be on a laptop. So any moment okay. in time, if the need arises for somebody to be remote and not mm-hmm. in the office, now they are ready to do that. Uh, all the complementary tools and technology that needs to be available to them would be available. Right. How do we do that in in, 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 in its physical manifestation? So if I'm a new hire, I come in, I I get my laptop provision and I get a work from home kit,
2: mm-hmm. it's already
1: packaged. It's literally a box that we hand you. So now you're ready,
2: mm-hmm.
1: wherever you are, your ability to do your job is gonna be uh, ready to go. You yeah. don't have to uh, put in an additional request for anything. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing. Um, I, I asked my team, the name of my department uh, is Innovation and Technology. And within that department, there are um, basically three core divisions, uh, application development, uh, IT operation, and mm-hmm. telecom. So I asked my team, I said, uh, how did we come up with this innovation in technology? Uh, because that wasn't,
0: that wasn't your rebranding of IT. No. They were already calling themselves that. Well, that was a fair question then. You showed up and you're yes. like, okay, you're called innovation in technology. Why?
1: Yeah, exactly. So... Mm-hmm. I asked them, what is our point of view? How do we see innovation? Mm -hmm. Because oftentimes it gets confused with invention and we're not inventing (laughs) the vegan here. So, and then I thought about it and I said, okay. The answer I received from the team was that, oh, uh, this was several years ago, Um, people who were involved in the Mm decision-making, some of them were not there. So we don't know what prompted them to, adopt this name yeah um, so it's a, I it's a cool name though you know we'll
0: that. keep it it's cool we'll keep yes, it exactly.
1: yeah <laughs> I, I like the name i don't have an issue <laughs> mm-hmm. but we should have a name that signifies our brand mm-hmm. um what is innovation and th- this is where i think culture matters this is where i mm-hmm. lucked out um when i uh, met during my interview process with our city manager kevin phelps and and recognizing that his commitment and support to use of technology to make this city a truly a modern uh, forward-looking city, Mm -hmm. it was there. And uh, how these things kind of uh, coincided me asking that question and uh, him starting this uh, sort of uh, an initiative last year, which was basically, he said, we meet every week the entire executive leadership team. Mm-hmm. And he said, we'll pick a topic and um, every uh, department leader would come in and and speak to that. So everybody uh, mm-hmm. selected a topic to speak about and I selected the topic of innovation. So mm-hmm. I, I basically talked about innovation first to the leadership team um, and I had shared this idea of what I was going to speak uh, about with my team, and I did the same presentation. So the idea, and it was a deliberate exercise, the idea was to communicate the same message to the leadership and all my peers in different departments Mm -hmm. and to my team. So we are on the same page in terms of how we see it. Mm -hmm. And it was basically a simple thing. It it was, how do we come up with creative and innovative ways of solving the problems of, of our city? that truly um, makes a difference. And then we can stand up and say, we are a smart city. Mm-hmm. And it's not based on uh, how much tech we have deployed throughout the city, right. it's based on the use of it and the value it delivers to our citizens. Mm-hmm. And that's basically this how it came about. And I think that was the foundational piece of how I wanted to reorient my team mm-hmm. and and get them to think differently um, get them to think as as a leader um, and come to the table with recommendation as as opposed to okay what do you need right oh, what can I get for you yeah um, well
0: and and that's not it's it's an interesting shift in perspective for an IT organization, because IT organizations are used to solving problems. I mean, they do that every single day, and they tend to be practical. Probably a lot of them are just annoying, user-generated problems. Um, My husband at our house calls them sues, the stupid user errors. Not that CIOs would ever use that word. But um, the, so they're used to, IT people are used to solving problems, but this was a different way to look at it because it had a growth mindset to it was that idea that innovation the problem solving should have an innovation component to it, I think. And yes, is that what yeah. led you to do? I know that in the summer of twenty one, you'd been there a year at that point. Um, you had the first of Glendale's annual technology summits, and that yeah. has been that has led to some pretty successful things. So talk about that, how that yeah. how that got underway and and what you do at your summits.
1: Exactly. so. Um, my idea of summit was slightly different from um, it just organizing an event, inviting everybody to come in and then participate in some fashion. Yeah, it it had <laughs> it had two objectives. One was to make it clear to my team and to my stakeholders, all my peers in different uh, departments of the city, we have about 28 different departments. So uh, from public safety to utility, to transportation and all the traditional stuff mm-hmm. uh, that the city offers. My, my goal was to communicate to uh, my uh, fellow uh, leaders that IT does not happen in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. It's driven by a business strategy Mm-hmm. And what I wanted them to do was come together um, when we were allowed to meet uh, in person. So this this was the first opportunity for us to get together and, and sit together.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: the cross-pollination of ideas can deliver some interesting insights. Yes. So I wanted them to come in and co-create the vision for our future. Mm-hmm. Um, the second objective was that I want innovation and technology to take the center stage and present themselves in a new light. That they present themselves as leaders, people who are driving that change, that forward thinking in the mm-hmm. organization. Um, so how do we achieve that? Because if you look at a technologist, they, they're not people who would... Uh, Get on the stage and talk. They about did. It. They, they did not exactly. go into
0: marketing and sales for a reason. They went into technology exactly. because they like technology. They don't. They don't anticipate that they're going to be well thrown in front of a room full of other big business executives. So how did you prepare them to do that? Because they did it well, from what you've told me. Yes, they, they yeah. absolutely. Did they rose fantastic. to the occasion.
2: Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. So I, I partnered with our HR and I said I, I need my staff to be trained in facilitation skills. Great. So Mm -hmm. we invited them and we followed this kind of um, 70-20-10 model. It's established Mm -hmm. practice uh, in the industry when you uh, teach people new skills. And the idea behind that is that the 10% of the learning happens in the classroom, Mm -hmm. 20% happens in in kind of mentoring situation, and then 70% of your learning actually happens by doing things Yes. so that So what we did was leading up to the event, we did a uh, training workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, First uh, day was basically just understanding the principles of facilitation. Second day was role playing and mentoring and pointing out how to conduct. Mm -hmm. And the bulk of it was the main event where Ah. literally we had about 100 participants that day and um, Mm -hmm. 10 to each table. And I had a scribe and a facilitator from IT and few others from few other departments who wanted to participate. Um, they led those discussions. They captured the insight and input. The most exciting part was that you you have a representative from fire department and you have a representative from finance sitting at the table, having a conversation.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: That That is immensely powerful if you can harness the power of that knowledge and insight that is coming out of those discussions. And and that's what we did.
0: Well, that's the sort of thing that drives genuine cultural change because it changes the professional at-work networks that people have where they can just, well, talk to each other like human beings. (laughs) 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 <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Amazing how well that works. Um, the uh, so the one you said one of the biggest benefits was that you co-created a future vision. Uh, mm-hmm. What is that future vision? Do you have a catchy phrase for it, or how would you describe the future vision for the innovation and in technology uh, so, in Glendale?
1: So, like many other cities, we want to be considered and live up to that um, aspiration of uh, being a smart city. Mm-hmm. Right? So um, when when we talk about smart city, okay. um, again, it's not about how much tech is deployed in the city. Mm-hmm. Um, that's not even a question because it's everywhere and we use all these edge computing and sensors. And yeah. That. yeah. The important piece here is how does that technology manifest itself? And how does it, this technology uh, benefit the citizens? That's what is important. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's what we kind of all agreed to, came up with, that yes. the city has to be smart. And by that, it means livability, enhance the livability. Okay. So when talking about uh, communication, mobility and transportation, public safety, Um, All those things are at the table now. Mm -hmm. And how do you deliver those services in a manner that whether you are experiencing it physically or digitally, the experience is something that one would remember and say, yes, this is the place to live and conduct business. Mm -hmm. That's kind of how... um, We came together.
0: Okay. Well, and related to all of this um, collaboration and talking about taking innovative approaches to solve problems, I want you to talk about um, the Arizona Tax Central, powered by Glendale, which is a SaaS solution, software as a service, that you and your team developed to solve a problem problem not just for Glendale, but for all the other cities in Arizona. Uh, that's, yes. I think that's an amazing story, and I want you to talk about it a little bit more because this is a real thing. This, You can go to the website and see this. Uh, it's uh, been adopted by uh, more than a dozen cities in Arizona, maybe more now. Uh, tell us yes. about that. What was the genesis of that? <laughs> so
1: 2017, the um, state of Arizona changed the way uh, cities collected sales tax, mm. and they went to a centralized model from a individual city collecting sales tax generated within the city.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: The centralized model was a good idea, uh, but it had significant growing pains in terms of uh, state not having the right technology to support the mm-hmm. initiative. Um, out of that change, um, what happened was um, what was meant to be a good intentioned effort. Um, yes. Cities were still suffering. They were not getting the right amount of data. Um, where they thought that they would have to use less resources, they were using equal amount of resources as before, uh, or maybe more in some cases. Uh, and for, what followed was Auditor General of state of Arizona audited Department of Revenue, mm-hmm. and they found that data sharing and, and system deficiencies contributed to this kind of pain Mm -hmm. so uh, our um, sales tax department within our finance um, was trying to solve this problem and we were working with them to solve that problem we uh, we initiated a project to develop a solution and so we were developing a custom solution and the reason for doing that was we looked at the marketplace to see if there was something commercially available that we could utilize. And there was nothing that was commercially available without having to customize it. So if the amount of customization was needed was so much that we thought that it would be a better idea to just develop it from scratch to meet the Mm -hmm. exact needs and then solve this problem for them. So as we progressed and developed the solution and we implemented in-house, it was very successful, very effective, Uh, literally, A task uh, that would take uh, two hours was now being done in about five minutes. So think about an ROI from that perspective. Yes. Uh, Think about throughput from that perspective. And if you read uh, some uh, news reports from that time Mm -hmm. where citizens, business owners were having problem in terms of getting right information and being able to resolve those tax Mm -hmm. uh, issues that they were having, this was really uh, exceptional result.
0: The ability to to collect sales tax is no small thing for cities of all sizes. I think you told Mm -hmm. me that Glendale's general fund revenue, more than half of it has to come from sales tax. So so the well-intentioned state approach to it essentially garbled it all up and and it was uh, isn't it it, you must have looked at it and said well of course at heart this is a data problem (laughs) because so many things come down to that um but the so you were intending to develop a solution so that the businesses in glendale could very easily figure out what they owed and pay their tax
1: and and when when our tax officers are looking at um, compliance Mm -hmm. uh, from a sales tax perspective. They have information um, available to them quickly so they can respond and and they they don't have to invest a lot of time to resolve those issues. And Mm -hmm. these issues then don't linger. So if I'm a business owner, then uh, my ability to do business becomes that much more simpler and easier mm-hmm. if I'm conducting business in Glendale. So that was the overarching theme. Once the project was developed and delivered, um, we were having internal discussion with my team, and um, I said, let's convert this into a product. Now, imagine... Uh, there you go, product this is,
0: thinking. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, this, this is a public sector IT. They they're not yeah. Silicon Valley startup.
0: They they don't <laughs> they, do that kind of thing. Yeah, they were they must have been like Pharaohs. What are you talking about? <laughs> Look around they, you. They, we're we're a city yeah. in Arizona. We're not we're not Intel. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly.
1: Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, they they probably thought that for a second. Um, yeah, I, I took the wrong exit. I should have been <laughs> the Intel office with us. <laughs> But they—I'll mm-hmm. I'll tell you—majority um, of my success here in Glendale is due to my team. Um, they mm-hmm. are brave and they are true professionals in a sense that they don't shy away from challenge. Yeah. So when I presented this idea, there was some apprehension, but at least I didn't see it, and they said, "Yes, let's do it. How do we go about doing it?" Mm-hmm. Said, now we're talking. Let's put a plan together and instead of finishing a project, this becomes a product and we'll have a roadmap and all that wow. stuff. So next week it's gonna be our first one year anniversary of this product. Mm-hmm. Um, so first thing was that um, now this was the true litmus test. So me going up to um, city manager's office to now have a conversation with our sort of kind of CEO and say, is it okay for us to do this? Yeah.
0: And Do you mind if we launch this and make money for the city? I don't imagine yeah. that you, I don't imagine they had a lot of pushback on
1: that. No, they, they did not. Yeah. And, but they, uh, hmm. the the important thing for me was that level of trust. To mm-hmm. say, yes, we trust you and your team that you will be able to pull this off. Mm-hmm. There was no anxiety or apprehension. I, I honestly anticipated that there would be some Let's do a study or think about it. No, there was. Let's
0: have a task force. C- cities yeah, usually exactly. love. I'm they, yeah. yeah,
1: they they said yes. Move forward. How can we help? Wonderful. My, my boss, uh, mm-hmm. assistant city manager, they interact with Department of Revenue. Said yes, we're going to have a conversation with them. Go talk to them so we get them on board also because mm-hmm. they are party to this thing. And we met with them. We gathered their requirement to make sure that we address all their concerns. Yeah, uh, from a security perspective, from uh, access control perspective, from the overall design of our solution perspective, yeah. so that they, they are um, in agreement in terms of what we are delivering, and there is no uh, concern or apprehension. Mm-hmm. Of and, and we achieved all that. Yeah, and we set a goal to launch this at um arizona government finance officer conference it's an annual event that happens in in um, in early um, part Mm -hmm. of the year every year and we decided to launch it there because Mm -hmm. that was the target community i set the goal for my team i said now we've developed the product you're going there Mm -hmm. you're the sales team i want you to gather leads and i want you to close at least five deals Good I didn't go. You. My team went. Yeah, my my deputy, my oh. abdev mm-hmm. team were on the ground. They were presenting the, their body of work mm-hmm. um, to um, other cities, and we got about eighteen or nineteen um, inquiries. Mm-hmm. That translates into about twenty percent of total uh, number of cities population. and population. Isn't that something? And we are. So, that happened. Now, they can't just buy this product, they have to go and get their council approval. But I can tell mm-hmm. you right now, we, we have about 20% of that um, market share mm-hmm. right now using our product.
0: And this is a, since it's a software as a service, you're essentially, they have to get permission to sign on and to pay their subscription fee and to collect sales tax that they haven't been able to collect. (laughs) So... (laughs) So what
1: happens is that uh, previously they were getting a data, but they were getting a thin slice of data in a sense that 16%, 17% of Mm -hmm. sales tax related data. What that meant was that if they have to really investigate and say, okay, did I get my fair share of uh, revenue from the state or not? Mm-hmm. You have to do a lot more legwork to do that. Literally go to Department of Revenue, use their system there. So there's a yeah. physical logistical activity that needs to take place.
0: There's a lot of so roadblocks, need- in other words, in the way. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, at your desk, point and click. Mm-hmm. You have 100% of your data available to you. You can cross-check, analyze, mm-hmm. and then focus your attention on where it needs to be focused. So you get your revenue much faster. You get the right amount and you are delivering value to the citizens Mm -hmm. and reducing workload on your staff.
0: Yes. Unnecessary work. I, the team must be so proud of what they've accomplished here because, you yes. know, in fact, the, the city manager of uh, Glendale must be congratulating himself that he hired you back in 2020 because <laughs> I'm sure this wasn't part of their original plan. You know, no, uh, Faro's I mean, come and, and, you know, launch the first SAS application solving a tax problem in the state of Arizona. That's just, it's so unusual. So
1: it, it, it is. And mm-hmm. as I said, my initial conversation that is exactly what I was looking for. Yes. Uh, what What is the level of commitment in terms of technology from the city leadership? Mm-hmm. And during the interview, they said, "Yes, we are committed to, and you should you should absolutely um, come and do the innovative work." But this was the physical manifestation yes. of that commitment.
0: This was them. The, this was them walking and... the walk along with the talk. Yeah. yeah. That's great. So, there, are there common problems across when you meet with and talk with CIO peers in, or your CIOs in your past for, in other government roles? The common problem that everyone is tackling today, is it to do with technology? Is it around data? Is it citizen privacy? What are the big issues for city CIOs?
1: Yeah. Um. S- some of them are similar to what you would find in large organizations. Some are mm-hmm. unique to us. Um, so you'll you'll see silos in 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 larger organization also, mm-hmm. uh, and then s- some of them occur because of their sheer size. Um, other the his staying with the historical operating model. Mm-hmm. Um, same is true with city, but where it becomes, and this is again my perspective um, based on this lived experience is is where it becomes um, more challenging that these silos are tied to a lot of legacy technology. Yes. The the motivation to change is not there and it's not there because there is a uh, constant struggle that we need to be safe. We Mm -hmm. need to just follow the tried and true and Mm -hmm. and not try and look at new things because they make fear unnecessary. I
0: know if it's not broke, why are we fixing it? Yeah, Mm -hmm.
1: So that, that becomes a huge challenge and, and why it's, it's important right now for us to think about it. So Mm -hmm. if you ask me, what is my strategy to, um, uh, to overall how I execute my um, plan or or how how do I conduct, uh, run my shop. Mm-hmm. Um, it has to be based on sort of adaptive strategy. And by that, what I mean is things around us are changing so fast that we have to be nimble. And it's not lip service. We have to be nimble. We have to mm-hmm. l- look at ground realities, and adjust our strategy accordingly. Yes. Pandemic was one example. Mm-hmm. Uh, pandemic stopped and it created cascading effect on the supply chain side of things. Of course. So so that was a problem. And then immediately following that, you have a um, geopolitical situation with a war. Mm-hmm. Now you have another mm-hmm. su- uh, issue. And why it manifests... Um, in our environment because public sector was a huge target uh, when we are talking about cyber warfare.
0: That's right. So That's right. It's critical infrastructure all over the place. Yeah.
1: So now if you have a legacy um, technology, you are more at risk if, if mm. you are keeping current with current landscape of threats and stuff like that, then Mm -hmm. you are a little bit more prepared. So how do you balance that? How Mm -hmm. do you move forward and and protect legacy and introduce new technology? So what that means is that amount of change and the pace of change is gonna be really faster than what you would see elsewhere. And Mm -hmm. and then public sector, is at a different clock speed than a private sector
0: organization. Of course, so, of course. Although that that doesn't seem to have slowed you and your team down significantly. It seems like the kind of, the sort of hurdles that are part of a government organization, you've either dug your way underneath them or found a way around them. Um, of course, yeah. with the cooperation of the executive team throughout the city.
1: <laughs> so... So th- this 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 is where um, the leadership makes a difference. Yes. You really have to lead. You really have to stand up and be counted. Mm-hmm. And then, in, in, in order to do that, you have to establish that trust within your team mm-hmm. that they are with you. You have to engage with your um, stakeholders. So the, the the summit was that that idea that let's come together, let's have that conversation now, mm-hmm. let's look at what's driving your business and how you want to address your business challenges mm-hmm. and I'm here as your partner and I can provide valuable input from from my vantage point that yeah. will contribute to your success. That co-creation piece, it needs to happen. So now, if you think about it, it's less about technology. I'm not talking about new Mm -hmm. AI, I'm talking about what is your business problem? Right. And and having my team keep that in mind when they are having the conversation, Uh, me presenting this as as a role model to my team, that Mm -hmm. this is what you do, this is why you engage, this is why you uh, participate. Mm -hmm. Uh, this is that makes a huge difference
0: this is solving a a business problem with technology innovative or otherwise it may just be technology that really works well um Mm -hmm. i want to pivot over and talk a little bit about the priorities that you have i was going to ask about technology priorities but i think they're business priorities really from what you've said uh for this year and beyond what are the what are the one or two of the biggest things on the horizon for you and your team
1: um, so, um, there, there are several things that are sort of kind of moving, um, kind of, uh, in, in parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first and foremost is the smart city and the smart city is sort of kind of, um, evolving a long-term initiative or program that we need to continue, um, and effort and work. Mm -hmm. By that, what I mean is, when I say smart city, I'm looking at it from a healthcare perspective. I'm looking at it from a public safety, transportation, communication, uh, economic, and educational. And we we have all those things in our environment. So how do we harness the power of technology to deliver all those in a meaningful way? Mm -hmm. Uh, So that would be one. Um, Right after Super Bowl, we are working on an initiative where we are going to look at um, 5G private LTE network, uh, test out different uh, Mm -hmm. use cases in terms of the use of it Yes. Um, from uh, smart lights. We do have smart lights in certain areas, but we're going to see when you scale it up, what are the benefits? Having broadband connectivity, because my app is of no value if I'm not connected yeah, so mm-hmm. this is an area when when I talked about leadership, so fiber uh, resides as an area of responsibility in a different department within the city. Okay. But I chair the fiber committee because <laughs>
2: mm-hmm.
1: we are able to bring it all together. Yeah, and then we're looking to basically have a citywide uh, broadband availability okay. with open access. So when you're talking about digital equity, this becomes an important thing. Mm-hmm. Now if you if you if you take it from the healthcare perspective, you absolutely need this. Because when of telemedicine. You're about telemedicine mm-hmm. This is important. Yeah. And and people sometimes confuse that I have my cellular connection and that is good enough. I can get on the internet. But mm. for some of these in-home devices, you need sustained broadband connection. yes, And that is what we are talking about. Mm-hmm. And then having that available or having a broadband connectivity, not just in the classroom, but curb to the classroom. So the student that is out walking home, mm-hmm. in, at home in school, they have that connectivity. So the education experience becomes enhanced and it's not bound by geography or physical location. Right,
0: which is what helps helps approach the whole digital divide problem.
1: Absolutely. So those are are some of the things. Public safety is an ongoing endeavor. There are several things we're doing in that area. Uh, We talked about some of the pre-planning app that we're we're looking at, um, the other initiatives that are underway in that area.
0: What's interesting, too, because it all seems to center around Connectivity and then communication of, yes. of everything that's going on. It's not necessarily about modernizing the tech infrastructure, which, honestly, beyond tech people, most people, most business people don't even care about those details. It's more about yeah. what is this delivering yeah. to the business.
1: Exactly. Sim- mm-hmm. Simple day to day things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, rip- Rely on that connectivity and technology. So mm-hmm. your transportation system or we call them intelligent transportation system. It's all connected. Yeah. And it's run by technology or water utility for that matter. Uh, we're looking at advanced metering infrastructure, mm-hmm. and that means that not having to deploy uh, an individual go out and do the meter reading or all that kind of. Now they'll do other stuff mm-hmm. which requires physical presence, but many things can be done remotely through uh, connectivity. Yeah. So when we deploy that, we want to have a. Hmm, 5G private LTE type of network that would allow us to connect all those things and bring that information in Mm -hmm. and the information that we're talking about now is your data so Mm -hmm. now you can truly in a very uh, meaningful way harness the power of data and then do it in a real time do it in in, at the right time Mm -hmm. all those things are part of what we're doing
0: well, th- and this must have also had a big impact on your enterprise data strategy. Yes. What, has, um, what have you accomplished on that since you joined in, I guess, late 2020?
1: <laughs> right. So, uh, we, um, and for lack of imagination, we call it a, a modern data platform. We have to come up with some more. But sometimes you have to
0: you have to call, you know, you have to you have to call spade a spade. It's you know, it's a data platform. Let's just call it that. Any other yeah. name you came up with probably would have had everybody rolling their eyes anyway. So that's okay. Exactly. So,
1: so we we, we mm-hmm. had some uh, legacy traditional warehouse um, that we were using. Now uh, what we're planning to do is uh, move to this modern platform that mm-hmm. leverages cloud. Um, that allows us to uh, do operational BI and more predictive BI type of uh, work. Um, so we're building that out. We 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 spent last year um, looking at the architecture, looking at the data sources. Uh, how do we gather information from various different parts of the city? Mm-hmm. What is available to identify the initial use cases? Yeah, and then. Uh, build a platform that is conducive to uh, that type of a need and a demand. Mm-hmm. So we're in the middle of uh, rolling that out now. Yeah, uh, We've got several use cases that we are uh, deploying.
0: Well, and in terms of being the chief product officer with your Arizona Tech Central application, are there any plans to roll that out into its own department or create a small company around it is that it's unusual. <laughs> it's unusual for a city to have this, right? So what sort of anything you can share with us about sort of the future of that product? You must get a lot of inquiries from other city CIOs wanting to know how did you do that again? <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: So as, as far as uh, creating a company, there's no plan. Okay. Okay. Thought did come to mind uh, to say now that we have developed a product, maybe we go f- f- fi- find find a, a buyer, and that becomes our exit strategy. So, <laughs> so we product launched the product, and yeah. we did a successful exit. Uh, so that's that's not in uh, in the cards um, yeah. as such. Now, as far as how do we support that? Yes, mm-hmm. uh, that is in. Um, um, on our uh, planning roadmap. Yes. Um, right now, we're we're doing this support with the existing resources. Again, okay. this is a bootstrapped effort. But as our um, subscription grows, mm-hmm. we will form a dedicated team to yeah. uh, support this, mm-hmm. uh, primarily from a customer support perspective, technical support
0: perspective. Right. Right.
1: Um, Especially when you think about it, uh, so one of the initiatives that we're going to, we're starting um, post-Super Bowl is uh, getting our SOC certification uh, Mm. for this product. So now, um, if I go and buy a SaaS solution, I would ask for SOC 2 certification from the vendors and, you know, is your product reliable safe and secure and all that. So if I am selling a product, it's... The right thing to do to have that available so that mm-hmm. when somebody's buying it, they buy with full trust and confidence. Of course. So we're gonna embark on that, we're gonna establish that. And then as the uh, our subscription grows, then we're gonna have a yeah. dedicated team to yeah. support that because it makes sense.
0: Yeah, well, and this isn't some social media TikTok thing you have launched here. This is actually yes, collect- This is collecting tax revenue. So it's pretty serious <laughs> stuff, right? Yeah. That's, uh, it was interesting when I was looking. I know last August you wrote a piece for the Forbes Technology Council where you wrote about why the public sector needs to embrace innovation and a growth mindset. I like the way at, that you always connect the two of those together. That it's that innovation, as you said, it's not just about inventing something new. It's about yeah. taking a growth mindset and applying it to solving problems this way. Um, the uh, another another thing you've talked about that I like is you don't always call it smart city, but smarter cities. And yes. I know when you first joined Glendale, you actually had to kill a smart gov. I think it was called Smart Gov the project. Uh, and uh, replace it.
1: <laughs> yes, so we, we we are restarting that project, and and the situation was unfortunate in a sense that uh, that project was a casualty of pandemic. Uh, mm-hmm. The Partner, we were working with; they got severely impacted, so yeah. their ability to deliver um, the solution in time um, became an issue. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you have to make those hard choices and decisions. Sure. Um, and we needed to make that decision and we didn't make it lightly. We did mm-hmm. the full assessment. My PMO team did a full analysis and we went to the leadership and presented and said, we are behind and here mm-hmm. are the reasons why we are behind. And this is what the path forward looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, it's it- one thing to communicate just the bad news and then yeah. blame it on somebody it's another to take an analytical view and learn from mm-hmm. what went wrong and then apply that to your future yes. planning and your strategy. Yes, and then we you're, kind of did the whole thing too.
0: First years start. ago, uh, years ago, CIO Magazine had a cover story that we called the F word, and it was about failure. And yes. it was we got we got a selection of very brave CIOs to talk about something that was a failure and what grew out of it and what they learned from it. Um, and when you think about the learning that happens along a leadership pathway, as we're as we're wrapping up here today, um, and we we mentioned all the kind of the unexpected good and bad. things things that came from the pandemic life everyone's been living for the last few years. Tell me what you have learned about your own leadership style from these past three years. There's been a lot of innovation. There's been a lot of big things you've had to deal with. Um, When you think about advice to future CIOs, what have you learned that you would like to pass on?
1: So I I think the the biggest thing that I learned um, was that innovation is messy. (laughs) <laughs> Often, when we talk about innovation, it is that glamorized image of... Um,
0: eureka! <laughs> yes, yeah.
1: Um, the unicorn, all that. But leading up to that Eureka moment, mm-hmm. there's a lot of messy stuff that needs to happen. So yes. as a leader, you need to have tolerance for failure. Mm-hmm. You need to have tolerance for failure, but we're not incompetence. Right. So mm-hmm. um, and then by that same token, then you need to provide room for people to experiment and, 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 and look at different ideas and test yes. them out. Yes. But again, if you want to avoid incompetence, then you need to put a discipline around it. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, my example that the project didn't go well, mm-hmm. we took a disciplined approach to say we need. We need to stop here mm-hmm. and here's the reason why we need to stop and here's the path forward but nowhere in that exercise you want to create this psychological pressure for people who are involved in the project that oh my god my job is at risk or, right or, i'm right. going to get a ba- bad review or something like that no that's not productive
0: no what yeah.
1: is productive is that you guide them how to be successful the next time. Mm-hmm. Or you learn yourself from it and and pivot and change uh, your approach.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and then that means individual accountability. So it's mm-hmm. not always me telling that my staff should do things differently. Yeah. It's also me holding myself accountable to do things differently.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think of a, a very, a kind of a golden example of that is when you were ready to launch the um, Arizona, the tax central application, you didn't go to the financial officers meeting to get sales lead, you handed that over to the team, so, yes. and they did a great job, so.
1: It, because it, it was their hard work, mm-hmm. and and right. who else to put in front of a prospective client than the people who, built that thing to mm-hmm. really talk about it in, in in a passionate manner, to say, this is what we built and we stand behind it. Yes. And they did that. Well they defend
0: yeah. Well, it has been so great talking to you today, Ferros. I really appreciate it. I know you have a million things moving in your environment with the Super Bowl looming on Sunday. I'm sure from what I've heard today, it sounds like everything, even if it doesn't go well, you'll know exactly what to do about it because everybody is very well prepared. So thank you. Thank you for spending this time with us today. It was wonderful having you on on the show.
1: Thank you for the opportunity.
0: Yes. If you joined us late today, you can watch the full episode later right here on LinkedIn, but also on CIO.com and on CIO's YouTube channel. CIO Leadership Live is also available as an audio podcast wherever you find your podcasts. And I hope that you enjoyed listening in on this conversation with CIO Feroz Machia of Glendale, Arizona, and that you'll plan to tune in and join me next time on Leadership Live on Wednesday, February 22nd, when I'll be joined by Bryson Kohler, who is the Chief Product Data Analytics and Technology Officer at Equifax. Thanks so much for tuning in today, and do take a moment to subscribe to CIO's YouTube channel, where you'll find all of our previous, more than 100 now, episodes of CIO Leadership Live. I keep encouraging everyone to binge their way through from the very beginning, so you need to get started on that soon. Stay well, thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you here again next time.